And as we, look, as we read from verse 3 onwards, we see God's promised plan of salvation almost unfolding before our eyes. Sure, we're talking about um, Judah at this moment, but also it's almost like a um, looking into the future and almost seeing Jesus in those passages. We read that this is a people who had found no hope uh, to bring them comfort, to bring the nation Judah any comfort. But we read that now they are going to be freed from their distress, that they are going to be, uh, they're receiving double for all their sins. They're receiving comfort that the hardship has been completed. It's all been paid for. Their sin has been paid for. Who does that remind us of? That our sins have been paid for. That we receive something miraculous, something greater that we could ever imagine. Who does that remind us of? This is like um, this divine word is being spoken. This divine word for me seems to ring out through the heavenly courts. And Isaiah speaks to the, to the nation and says, this is what God says. It's almost as if a new exodus is about to take place. One that's even more wonderful than that of Egypt. And the land of Judah in this moment is going to see evidence of God's presence once more as he, bring, as he brings back his exiled people. And we also know that the Savior comes from Judah. So it's all these little kind of inclinations that we get to read when we look at the prophet Isaiah. All these little prof- prophecies that, that we, we get to see and get to glimpse. To me, it seems like the prophet seems to foreshadow Israel's return from captivity, and then we see peace, we see comfort, we see hope, we see security. And so when I ask you at the beginning, what does comfort mean to you? It's because I want to look at comfort. I want to share a story about what comfort means, and and, and in my life, something that I've experienced with my children as well. Um, so I've got two children, and my eldest, she's six years old, and my, my, her granddad, my father, and my stepdad died a year and a bit ago, in, in, during the COVID period, it was, he died three days before her fifth birthday, I think. And so she, she found it really difficult to sort of wrestle with that, to really, as a five-year-old, to really deal with the fact that your granddad's not around anymore. She really found it difficult. And so we tried to talk about it, tried to sort of engage with the conversation, but she didn't want to hear it. And so we didn't push. We didn't want to put any burden on her. And we just left it there. And a couple of months after that, when I was doing bedtime, taking my girls to bed, uh, my little one, Savannah, says, um, she talks about granddad. She talks about granddad. And now decides to just burst into tears. She becomes unconsolable. She's a wreck right there. Just the, the hearing those words, just, she just breaks down. All this pain, all this emotion, all this not, know, not knowing how to, you know, I'm trying to say, to, 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 to wrestle with this thing that's happened, this big thing. And she just breaks down in tears. And so here I am, I'm a big softy. So she, my daughter is crying, Savannah's crying. I'm also sobbing in bed, we're all together. I'm like, I need to be strong. <laughs> and I'm sobbing, and we're all crying. 
she just uncontrollable, so what do I do? And so in that moment, it's almost my job to comfort them, to, to hold them tight, to, to say, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm here with you. It's going to be okay. I feel your pain. It's going to be okay. I cry with you. It's going to be okay. I walk side by side you. I know what you're going through. I understand the situation. I am with you. I am here with you. And I love when I read this, I love this, this, this vision of actually knowing, and now we know, this is as Prophet Isaiah writing, but we've already seen it and foreshadowed in the person of Jesus, the comfort that he gives to us. Knowing that actually Jesus mourns with us when we, when we, when we mourn. That his heart breaks for what breaks our hearts. I know that when Nye's crying, he's, he's there, he feels it, he knows it. When we're walking through the tough situations, he says, I'm by your side. It's okay. Don't give up. It's okay. And, and this is presence, this overarching presence that we can only truly rely upon. And this nation had nothing. They were in dis- despair. And God says, I'm here for you. I'm going to comfort you. But more than that, read in verse 3, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Who does that remind you of? Come on, trivia time. Where is that in the Bible? John the Baptist, exactly. What gospel? What verse? Anybody knows? Luke chapter 3. Okay, yeah. Anybody else? I've got Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. It's good. So exactly that. It's, 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 it's what Luke the Baptist says when he, when he heralds the coming of Jesus. When Luke says this. It's not Luke, when John the Baptist says this, sorry. John the Baptist says this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight his paths for him. So, so, so Isaiah is pointing to Jesus already, saying there's one who's going to come from the tribe of Judah, who's going to be born from, 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 from that lineage that Jesus, that God is sending to reconcile us to himself. One who we know is going to take all our burdens to the cross. He's going to pay the cost of sin so that we living in him can have everlasting life. Making things straight, correcting the paths as Jesus arrives, as the king comes. It feels as though this, this part of this passage, verses 3 to, um, to 5, it almost feels as if everything that has breath, every, every, everything, the mountains, the hills, the plants, everything will make the way for the Lord. Everything that has breath will worship the Lord. The mountains will take its place. The hills will be raised up. Everything knows who the creator are. They, sorry, they, they know who the creator is. They know who it is. And they are going to prepare the way for him. And we see it, I think, as, as we come to Advent, is to focus on the coming 
of Jesus. But not just, like Tom said previously, not just the baby Jesus, but also foreshadowing the second coming of Jesus, his second advent. My second kind of point I wanted to look at today is, is, is this idea of comforting, and then we have shepherding as well, don't we, in this verse, in this chapter. We have the idea of shepherding. And then we read from verse 10. See the sovereign Lord who comes with power, and he who rules with mighty arms. See his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart, and he gently leads those that have the young. This is almost like me holding my daughters in those moments, just what else can I do but to hold them? And then this is so Jesus right here. When I read this, I can't help but see Jesus, the good shepherd, the one who carries us, the one who shepherds us, the one who sustains us, the one who feeds us, the one who keeps us safe, the one who looks after us. And I think that's why when we were coming here before praying, I wanted us to think about leaning more into Jesus because he's the one that can comfort us. He's the one that can truly sustain us. He's the one that can really bring us through situations that are difficult to understand. This is Jesus. I know this is, talks about Israel and tribe of Judah, but I honestly believe that in, in those moments you can really catch a glimpse of Jesus. I remember someone said to me, um, the New Testament is Jesus revealed. So you can see Jesus clearly in everything he says, Jesus is revealed. But the Old Testament is in Jesus concealed. But he's in there. He's concealed. But you have to read and see the relevance. See the, the, the resemblance. See the, the links to the New Testament. And here it's written all over this passage. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the coming of Jesus. It's all about the birth of our Savior, of the Messiah, but also it's all about the second coming of the one who will lead us to the new Jerusalem. So before I kind of close and finish, and Sam goes on you listen to one more song before we have communion, I was reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer today, and, I, and, and, and this is what he says in one of his passages. He writes this about Advent. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor, to be imperfect, and those who look forward to something greater to come. Advent is about looking forward to something greater to come. And Judah and Israel here were both looking to forward to something greater to come. And that's Jesus. So let me just pray for us. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that for your prophets of old, you still speak to us today. Thank you that even from something written so long ago, we can still catch a glimpse of who you are, of your kingdom, of of your son and your goodness for us. 
Lord, I pray now as we come to your Holy Communion, Lord, I pray that you will encounter us that in, in the broken bread and the blood, Lord, that we will be able to um, yeah, come to your presence, Lord, and just hear you and feel you so clearly. So Lord, be with us in this moment. Amen.
Would you like to be seated? 